So welcome to Tracky News Season 3. This is Nick. Um, done a few podcasts recently with special guests from the elite uh, side of the sport and talking about racing and all that kind of thing. Um, but I think it's probably about time we do another podcast talking to, I would say, in air quotes, real athletes at the, uh, the I don't know, I don't want to say the bottom end of the sport, but the kind of the gritty grassroots level, uh, the real the real people in the sport. Um, so I'm talking today with a M1 athlete, um, right in probably the busiest time of his life with uh, everything else going on, but who is also aiming for the national championships in Invercargill this year uh, in New Zealand. So yeah, welcome to the podcast, Peter Ramage. Hi, thanks for having me on. Oh, how are you? A um, little bit under the weather at the moment. I'm currently isolating with COVID, um, which is not ideal, about four weeks out from the national champs. But um, it's given me a good chance to take a break and have a rest. So have you um, reshuffled your training plan around this enforced rest period or how have you, how have you planned um, I mean, things out? I'm trying to be really cautious. Like I've heard some real nightmare stories around um, the trying to rush back too quick. So at the moment, I'm still in the do absolutely nothing and go increasingly crazy because I can't go outside. Um, but I think in the next week, there's some, some reasonably concrete advice of ramping that training up relatively quickly again. Cool. So, and what's other than your COVID situation, what's, what's, um, you know, what, what is your normal life situation? Like how many kids do you have and, you know, what's your, your, your days look like? Um, so I think, uh, like a lot of people sort of in the M1 space, I guess I've got two young kids, uh, four and one and a half, um, a full-time job, um, a wife who also works a full-time job and um, it makes life very full, but um, it's always a little bit of space in there for some cycling as well. And just on that, I mean, where do you fit your cycling in? Like, how do you fit cycling um, in around your weekly routine? Used to do a lot of commuting. Like I lived about half an hour from work in Petoni and used to commute like three or four times a week, um, which was really good. The um, State Highway 2 shoulders are a nice spot for some interval sessions, but I'm a bit further now in a hut and um, I can't really get away with an hour, an hour and a half commute each day, each way. Um, so there's lots of evenings, lots of um, kind of spin sessions after the kids have gone to bed. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the sort of most unsocial training you've done you know how how late have things got um i got into a real groove in the winter with the gym sessions which are quite a big part of my training this year um kind of putting the kids to bed tidying up the house doing the dishes and then heading off to the gym for sort of 8 39 o'clock um and there's been at least a couple of times in june july where i was there at 11 11 30 at night um doing some deadlifts <laughs> which it fits it in just but it's pretty tiring the next day I mean, when you're doing that sort of thing, and I'm guessing city a city fitness somewhere at eleven thirty at night, yeah. do you ever wonder what the heck am I doing? <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes it's um, it's the weird spot to be, and especially like on a Friday night, I've had that thought of you know a lot of other people that I know will be out having a great time in town um, at the pub, and here I am. Um, sipping my water, picking up heavy weights and, and listening to some terrible music. But it's, it's the trade-off. Like, um, 
it, it it's kind of like I wouldn't be able to do it at all if I wasn't doing it in these antisocial times. Like it's just not fair on my kids and on my wife to be like, bye, I'm off to the gym, enjoy bedtime routine. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's part of the trade-off. Um, do you uh, work things out with your wife? Like how, how do you kind of, how do you sell this idea of going to national championships, for instance? Um, like it's all the trade-off, I think. Uh, it's been a really hard sell <laughs> to um, to go to national champs. Um, I think a big part of it this year has been saying that's the one. Um, I'm not going to go to like North Island Cup or Northern Cup. Um, I think I went to Whanganui once, but I'm not going to go to a bunch of events at Whanganui. Um, and, and I think as soon as late March rolls around and that's all wrapped up, it's going to be Nikki time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be full time on the kids and she can um, kind of chase after her excitement. So, I mean, um, what do your wife and kids think of it all? Like, you know, um, are they supportive are they excited for you or is it sort of like oh okay you're off again or how you know what's the what's the vibe in the family I mean I think supportive um like it's always I, I recognize the sacrifices that they're making and so I'm really grateful for it and it and I recognize that sometimes when it's a really hard week and the kids are both being kind of shitty um there is a bit of like why do you have to go away to do some bike training but um i think in general it's kind of an understanding that like this is really important to me and so she can enable this and then when there's something really important to her i can turn around and support that as well um okay. but in terms of the kids um, i know my four-year-old's become a reasonably regular feature at the track um he's got a very powerful voice and likes to shout encouragement um so <laughs> yeah he's pretty keen yeah, he always yeah. asks me every time I come off, did you win? Did you win? Um, and sometimes it's yes, but a lot of the time it's no. Yes, he's a, he's a great fixture. I love having him there. <laughs> um, so you're a Masters 1 rider. That's um, 35 to 45. Uh, so you're still kind yep. of relatively young. <laughs> um, I mean, do you, you know, with all these kind of, um, you know, other things going on in your life, jobs, you know, I've, I believe you just bought a new house as well or relatively new and you, you know, all the kids and stuff. Do you ever kind of find yourself thinking, Oh, you know, if I had loads of, if I didn't have all of that, where, you know, how good could I be? Or do you entertain that thought or is that something that's just like, well, that's irrelevant. I mean, how, what goes through your mind? Yeah, I, I guess a little bit, but um, I think a big part of it for me is that, I've never really been great at focusing on one thing completely. Um, uh, like a couple of years, ooh, I say a couple of years, God, I'm getting older now. Um, about 10 years ago, I was involved in the New Zealand Alpine team, like completely different thing, um, which was like a mentoring program for up and coming mountaineers. And it kind of became pretty apparent to me pretty quickly that to get to the top of that world, I was going to have to spend every weekend out of the city at the mountains doing very long days and very long nights and it kind of doesn't really leave a lot of space for anything else and I think it's nice to have balance and it's nice to trade stuff off um, and while there might be like I can definitely see some some benefits to my cycling of 
being able to devote myself 100% to it. Um, I kind of like having the balance of it as well. Yeah, I think that's, I'm asking all these kind of uh, questions to try yeah. and tease these answers out of you because I, I've been through it myself and I remember it very well. I remember, th I think probably one of the key things for me was being do, having a bit of cycling on the side meant that when I was with the family, I was actually probably a bit more agreeable or you know when you are with them you've done your exercise you've done something that's important to you and now you you're, you're energized almost um to yeah be with the family and and mix things up and and i'm also um kind of aware as well that i've got quite a high uh novelty drive um like two years ago i had never ridden a track bike before um i was quite big into cyclocross and i'd gone to the national champs uh, for cyclocross um but again, like before I did cyclocross, I was really into running, um, but had some hip surgery that meant running was no longer an option. Um, and before that, it was rock climbing, mountaineering. And then before that, it was like high school sports, high school team sports. So like, I'm kind of aware that in five years time, I might want to try something new. Um, and I don't want to have completely burnt all my bridges with my family <laughs> doing, the, doing this one. Um, if, if I want them to buy into me, or support me buying a whole new set of gear and a whole new set of stuff for the next one. <laughs> awesome. So um, we were talking just just off air a minute ago um, about how, like with all that, you know, family life and all that sort of thing, that you're finding track actually fits quite well around things. You know, you're able to do kind of lots of short workouts yeah. and that kind of thing. So I suppose on a typical week, how how have you fitted in training? Like how many sessions a week are you managing to fit in when you you know when you haven't got COVID? yeah uh kind of a normal week um normally at, at the moment it's about two or three track sessions a week um i've got the the fantastic tuesday night sessions with the sprint squad um which are really focused um got the normal normally the club racing on a sunday and then if i can kind of thread the needle and get to the friday some friday sessions that's also good um and then on top of that is um gym sessions like one at the moment kind of two a week ish um and that's normally late at night um after the kids have gone to bed and then i've been trying to like squeeze in the weather's been terrible this summer so i've been trying to squeeze in like some spin bike sessions one or two a week on the at a lunchtime but that's kind of like comes and goes a little bit so it's it's pretty fluid that i like to kind of anchor to the tuesday and sunday track sessions and kind of fit things around but um yeah life can be chaotic at some point. <laughs> and you you mentioned once that you were doing a spin session where you were doing sprints mm. with long recoveries and during those recoveries you were looking after the kids so well, yeah how, what was, exactly did this look like did you have them kind of like next to you well, while you were spinning away and no I, I had this the spin bike in a different room um like with the resistance cranked up as far as it will go until it's basically locked on um, I'd like set the kids up with something like a set of Lego or awesome toys um, do a like 15 second standing start effort and completely blow myself up and then plonk myself down next to them for 10 or 15 minutes and not move but kind of potter away uh, try and recover for a bit and then be right back for another one I'll see you in you know 20 30 seconds um, <laughs> And that's quite useful as a way to like 
been monitoring them, but um, kind of ducking in and out. That's awesome. Um, okay, so with all that said, like you're off to nationals in like four weeks. Um, and uh, what, what events are you going for? Um, I'm planning on entering pretty much every event that's less than a kilometer long. Um, so the <laughs> team sprint, the match sprint, the um, kilo, and the Kieran, which is probably a little bit long for me, but I'll give it a crack anyway. Um, and I'm thinking of also entering the elimination just as a backup in case I get eliminated on those first few Kieran's. <laughs> well, yeah, Kieran's good six laps, isn't it? So that's a, yeah. that's already longer yeah. than a kilo, but um, a meter and a half. Now, now, given all your kind of situation and your, you know, the COVID and mm -hmm. stuff like that, um, I mean, I think like we were saying, like every Masters One rider have their has their challenges, and uh, just getting to the start line is a is probably the achieve the the biggest achievement. <laughs> um, so yeah, how how have you sort of um, framed things in your mind? Do you have like right, I want to you know do this and that performance, or you know how have you kind of set your goals? Well, it's a bit it's a bit tricky for me going into it right just at the moment because I, I had kind of gone there with uh, um, the attitude of like this is my first one I'll turn up I'll have a go I'll see how it works um, I'm probably going to be the only person dumb enough to be doing the kilo so I might have a shot there but the rest of it's mostly just around the experience um, but then I went and won the open sprints at Whanganui against a couple of other local Wellington riders so now I feel like I have to perform at a certain level um, but I'm trying to just rein that back a little bit and just try and focus on the experience and have fun and set myself up for a, a future go. And, and have you found sprint, you know, did you deliberately choose sprint events because that was something that, you know, like you could go and do these funny night standing start efforts, then look mm. after kids kind of workouts. Um, or was that just sort of a, uh, that, that felt like the, the most fun thing to go for? Um, I think it was a little bit, of just yeah finding where i could push on the open door um because yeah the sprint events mean that the training sessions that i do can be a little bit more awkward there's a lot more gym focus that i can shift around time wise i don't need to be doing these huge long zone two rides to build my cardio base on the weekends that i just don't have time for at the moment um but also coming up through the the track at in the B grade, like I would be hit and miss in this, the longer races, but I could relatively consistently do well in the sprinting races. Um, and I found that it's more fun to hurt after the race is finished than to hurt during the race. So um, yeah, I kind of pushed on those, on that sprinting side of it a bit more. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. And what, um, I mean, do you have any other tips for sort of uh, masters, you know, similar masters riders, I guess, um, mm. who are probably wondering, you know, well, what's the point of going to nationals? I'm not going to be any good, or, you know, what what kind of advice would you give anyone in these situation in this similar situation? I mean, part of it, I guess, is is I'm I'm hopeful that you never know who's going to turn up on the day. Like as you say, every everyone just about everyone in the kind of M1, M2 
maybe M3 grades has got like a real life as well. Um, and anything can crop up. Um, that means that, you know, you're all, like no one's going to be going there as a professional athlete, really. And so you've got the opportunities to, um, yeah, I guess do better than you expect. Um, but also it's, it's, I guess part of it as well is just about making the most of what time is available. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, um, one of the best quotes I always like, uh, which has always helped me throughout the years, I suppose. And I think it might be, I want to say it's Chris Hoy, but I'm not sure, but it's something like, um, you know, you just do the best that you can for your current situation. Um, and that's all you can do, isn't it really? And it doesn't matter if you used to be faster or Mm. something like that. Um, you've got other factors in life to consider, but you just do the best that you can for for how things are at the moment. And and And, and I think a big thing that I've taken from, um, from a lot of the sports that I've done in the past, like notably rock climbing and uh, running, like distance running, is that there's kind of two races there or two, two events. There's you compared to everyone else. Mm. And then there's also you compared to yourself. And going out there and doing something you've never done before or doing something faster or harder than you've ever done before is an achievement in itself. And I think that's one of the really nice things about um, sprint cycling in particular is pretty much all of the events are timed, uh, yeah. not the Kieran and not the, um, yeah, I think the Kieran is the only one that's not timed. And so if you go out there and you lose your match sprint, but you're timed faster than you've ever run a match sprint before, that's still something you can look at and be proud of. Um, or, or doing a flying 200 faster than you've done it before. So, so even if you're, not competing at that very top level going to win a medal at national champs you can still go to the national champs and put down a personal best performance and come home and feel like you've you've really achieved something which i quite like yeah awesome well look thanks peter for sharing your uh, your experiences and stories and advice and stuff um what i'd also say about having gone to a national champs at you know your kind of age and at masters one when the kids were those ages was it was amazing you've got like three or four nights where you just only think about bike racing there's nothing really else you have to think about there's no one wakes you up in the night nothing like that it's the most amazing break and that was probably for me the best probably best part of your whole experience so um it's yeah it's definitely something i'm looking forward to yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and something as parents that you kind of you realize you've missed out on i think um you know when you haven't Mm. done it for a while so yeah, wish you all the best and um, look forward to seeing Thanks how you go. All right. Thanks for joining us. All good.